You're listening to the Niners Bros, your home for post-game analysis, correcting media narratives, and keeping you up to date on all things San Francisco 49ers. What's up, guys? I'm Michael Ditchfield. And I'm David Ditchfield, and we are the Niners Bros. On today's episode, we're going to be going over the 49ers' frustrating loss to the Chicago Bears and just do a full breakdown for you guys, talking about all the narratives coming into the game, the storylines coming out of training camp, uh, Trey Lance's first official game as the starting quarterback for the 49ers, as well as just the weather, Debo's usage, new starters on the offensive line, all the new uh, and exciting things that happened in this game that 49ers fans have been waiting to see. And let's get right into it. The uh, The first thing is, of course, you have Trey Lance and Justin Fields, a lot of comparisons. Uh, we'll talk about that more in depth, but before the game was even played, um, the weather was something that certainly affected the outcome. And Yeah, the narrative coming into the game, of course, was that uh, this was going to somehow favor the 49ers because you figure it's a rain game. The Niners are a very physical football team. They're an excellent running team. And so that's what you're hearing a lot about is that, you know, this is going to be a breeze for the 49ers. They're favored to beat the Bears anyway, but of course, on a wet field, you know, the edge goes to the Niners, right? Well, not so much. And uh, that's that's really the thing. Uh, when you have these wet fields and these really unplayable conditions, it actually is an equalizer. There's this narrative that somehow that's really going to benefit one team or another, and really it doesn't. It just kind of levels the playing field. And one of the things that Shanahan's offense specifically is known for is that creativity of scheming guys open, giving them these windows, that the pre-snap movement to where you get a guy who's just a little bit out of position. And when you've got these rain games with a terrible field and terrible turf, it's really difficult to execute those and, and the timing and the precision, it's just not going to be there. And so I think it definitely did uh, help keep the Bears in this game for a significant amount of time. And it was frustrating listening to so many people on NFL Network or ESPN go on and on about, oh, well, this is perfect for the 49ers. They they love to run the football. Only <laughs> I think the 49ers love to run the football on their terms. Um, they love to run it in, in what would seemingly be passing situations. You know, I don't think the Packers were counting on Debo um, getting the ball handed to him on third and seven in the NFC championship game. Uh, but that's exactly why it works for the 49ers is we're zagging while everyone zigs, you know, we're, we're running out of shotgun um, on a play where, where we've got four wide receivers out there and they're putting out their nickel defense. They don't have their, their run stopping unit. Um, but in a game when you know that throwing the ball is not an option and every box is stuffed with eight, nine defenders, that advantage goes away in a hurry, you know, and even this week, Kyle Shanahan was talking about outside zone and how important it is to his offense to, to, to get people out in space and outside zone and how it opens up the middle of the field for some of these trap plays and, and runs up the gut when it's such a loaded box, no one's going to make it to the edge anyway. And it just clogs things up in the middle. So I know you were texting me before the game and uh, everyone was just going on and on in the networks that this is just what the 49ers want. And in Trey Lance's first start, isn't it going to be great that it's it's just going to be a run the ball game? That's what they want to do anyway. And, and you and I were rightfully so uh, shaking our heads and saying this, this is not going to help us. It just broadcasts what we want to do anyway. And he's going to be facing a loaded box all day on a day when it's going to be really hard to throw. Yeah, so jumping right into the the game action, obviously the 49ers defense comes out very strong. First play of the game, uh, it's just great to see Kinlaw busting through that line, breaking up the play. 
Uh, the drive ends with an Ebicom sack. So seeing that versatility um, on the defensive line, you know, as advertised, as expected, um, certainly the, the defensive line is one of the great strengths of the Niners, and we definitely saw that early in the game. And some conversation in the offseason about trading Ebukam. Nice to see that he's still around and, and making an impact, and nice to see in the 49ers' first drive, they come out of the gate uh, with those staple Shanahan end-arounds, and uh, <laughs> you know he seems to do that whether it's in the Super Bowl or, or throughout uh, throughout his time as the Niners coach. That seems to be a staple of his opening drives. I know you and I wish he would use some of those in the second half of games, he never seems to come back to them. Um, but that that got them off to a, a hot start. It seemed uh, things were going really well. They even converted on a on a third and short, which is something that they really struggled with uh, anytime they brought Lance in last year. Um, so you're starting to feel this momentum, and then then Debo with the fumble. Yeah, that was obviously a killer. Uh, the 49ers definitely had momentum coming into that that moment there. Uh, surprising throw on that deep crosser to Iuke. you know when you're seeing these guys before the game squeegeeing gallons of water off the field you're hearing that the turf is two days old you're really just hoping like dear god please don't let somebody tear an acl in the first week and you're expecting it to be kind of like the game that we had against washington where that was truly just a mud bowl so certainly a surprise to see trey lance even attempting a, a pass that deep Perfect pass to to Ayuk on that deep try, crosser. Yeah. yeah, beautiful pass. Um, also, kind of sets your mind at ease a little bit that maybe it is going to be possible to throw the ball a little bit in this game. Sure. Well, you know the Bears come right back and they they start <laughs> attempting to put together a drive. And there was a really strange moment where they had that that tight end come down uh, with the ball and he juggles and, and bobbles it. And, and we saw it right away, even live. And for some reason, the refs did not see it. Neither did the commentators, neither did half of Twitter. Everyone was yelling at Kyle Shanahan for having the, the, the stupid idea to review that when clearly it was bobbled. Um, later on in that drive, Hufanga with the pick. Um, so nice to see a safety, if you're a 49ers fan, um, catch the ball in the middle of the field. Sorry, Tart. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny, people question, you know, why would you even challenge a four-yard play? But when you look at what the Bears were doing on offense up to that point, or more importantly, not doing on offense, um, you know, every play counts and, you know, very clearly not a catch. And you see George Kittle on the sidelines, you know, one for one on those challenges, Kyle. So, <laughs> you know, George is always the cheerleader on the sidelines, even if he's too banged up to play. Indeed. Well, the teams went back and forth for a little bit. And, uh, you know, we did see some of those penalties creep in. And we're going to talk a lot about that. The overall breakdown um, at the end of the game, San Francisco, 12 penalties for 99 yards, Chicago, only three for 24. And, we're just going to talk about that for a moment, uh, just what those three penalties were for the Bears, because if you were a 49ers fan, this just drove you nuts. Uh, one of them uh, was an offsides where Trey Lance uh, on a hard count got three guys to jump off. It wasn't even a judgment call for the refs. Uh, everyone knew what happened on that. There was another that was a delay of game where the Bears were purposely taking the, the five-yard loss to run out some clock, and then they got a bizarre yeah, uh, fifteen-yard uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for drying the field. I've seen people dry their hands with a towel. I've never seen anyone take a towel out to to actually try to dry the field. But yeah, that was a new one, and uh, you know, kicked the Bears out of field goal range. So that was certainly appreciated there. Yeah, but overall, only three penalties for the Bears, and none of them in the course of play, which is kind of hard to believe especially as many um, flags as the 49ers were called for and, and early on when neither team had scored uh, Dre Greenlaw got us kind of 
kind of started with that uh, with a really idiotic pursuit of Justin Fields on a sort of a scramble play where he really was not was not anywhere close to breaking anything open or getting a first down he was just running for his life to the sideline and Greenlaw picks up the the personal foul uh, a, a recurring problem for the Niners yeah and that's that's a tough one the Niners have been flagged it feels like more than any other team on those really weak uh, late hits on the quarterback when the quarterback is sliding or basically, um, you know, ending the play. Um, you know, Moose on the broadcast was saying, you know, you, you got to not give the refs an opportunity to throw that flag. And, and to an extent, that's true. But, man, that's a rough penalty. He barely touched him. I mean, he, he got his hand on him, but it wasn't that late. I mean, it wasn't crazy out of bounds. But, of course, as soon as you see that, you know it's going to be a flag. Like Niners fans, we all have PTSD. Anytime a guy touches a quarterback, whether it's legal or not, you're like, okay, well, here comes the linen, and it's another 15 yards. I think a big question for us when we watch this over and over again is why are they leaving their feet? Why are they launching at these guys? You know, a lot of these quarterbacks that seem to get these penalties uh, on these slides, you know, they're even if they were staying upright, they're not, they're not about to bowl you over a lot of times it's these little guys like Kyler Murray or in this case Justin Fields who's who's not not the, <laughs> he's not Josh Allen let's put it that way so frustrating there the teams kind of went back and forth doing nothing um, for the first four or five drives for each until I guess on, on the fourth drive um, the 49ers finally break through a really beautiful another in stride kind of throw from Lance to Ray Ray um, just really gorgeous layered kind of throw um, and then the the touchdown to Debo a lot of talk about Debo coming in and his usage yeah, and was he going to be in shape was he going to be ready well and, and did he even want to run the ball anymore a lot of people you know speculating and everyone <laughs> trying to to get famous on Twitter for speculating as to why Debo wasn't happy with his contract negotiations and some people saying it's because he didn't want to run the ball well in this one he ran the ball eight times for 52 yards including the opening score that beautiful touchdown on a nice RPO and yeah, I think the the contract incentive certainly put some of that to bed when you realize that that's a, a major part of how he's going to get paid. So kudos to the Niners for including that in the contract. And also, you know, good good on Debo being willing to be used in that way. It's pretty clear. I think he just wanted to get paid and, and get paid what he thought was fair. Sure. And at the end of the day, if he's only getting four or five catches a game, but he's also getting four or five carries, I don't think there are a lot of wide receivers in the National Football League who are upset about getting close to 10 touches a game. But nice to see the 49ers, you know, jump out and take a lead. Uh, you know, things got a little... Um, a little awkward after that Mitchell went out with an injury Ayuk was called on kind of a ticky-tack uh, offensive pass interference uh, but Trey Lance picked up a big 13 yard you know third down on a scramble which again it's so nice to see him converting on third down and, and that's not something that Jimmy Garoppolo could have Jimmy no. Jimmy's good on third down but not not with his legs <laughs> no and there's going to be that inevitable comparison um Anytime Trey Lance is on the field and Jimmy Garoppolo is on the roster, that's, of course, the number one thing that everybody wants to talk about is Jimmy and Trey. And it, it, it it's an awkward situation, but to Jimmy's credit, he certainly handled the situation, I think, as well as anybody could. And from all accounts, it seems like Trey Lance has been very mature about the situation and is really kind of ready to step into that role. Um, you know, in terms of what Trey Lance brings to the table, nobody is questioning that. It's just the consistency with the lack of reps he had in college, uh, the lack of reps last year. So, you know, a lot of that still remains to be seen. But, you know, anytime Trey Lance does anything now, there's going to be people that are saying you got to put Jimmy in, you got to put Jimmy in. 
And that's not really fair, but it, it is what it is. And it's certainly understandable. I know I kind of rolled my eyes when they brought Jimmy back, but at the same time, you, you see why they did it. Uh, you feel pretty comfortable in a game like this that if Trey were to get hurt, you know, you'd at least have, <laughs> have someone who's been to two NFC championship games, not another team in, in either conference who can say that when the 49ers go to halftime up seven, nothing, you know, it's good to be in the lead, but it, it, it felt like it should have been 20 to nothing or, really or even did. more. Definitely one of those games. And we've seen this with the Niners too, where they just come out and they dominate a game in time of possession in yards in really any kind of statistical category, but the score doesn't always reflect that. And a, a in a major theme of Kyle Shanahan's teams has been not finishing, right? Whether it's the epic meltdown, the 28 to three Super Bowl that he's sick of hearing about, um, you know, the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, definitely um, a lot of history there of not putting teams away when they when they could have and should have and again really came back to bite them this week. Well, the 49ers did go up two scores. I mean, coming right out of halftime, uh, Lance hit that beautiful slot fade. I'm not not exactly like Danny Gray um, because it was to Juwan Jennings. Uh, the throw was maybe a, a touch behind um, and Jennings looked like he was running with boots on. He didn't didn't quite make it to the end zone and then a failure again to, to punch it in for seven. Uh, red zone has been a little tricky. Not for the Niners last year. They were the number one team in the red zone, but for Lance sometimes uh, there seemed to be some struggles there. But still, you go up 10 to nothing and feeling at that good, point right? you're, yeah. you're feeling pretty good. You know, you know it's not likely that the Bears are going to um, keep going three and out or, or or anything like that but it also with the weather you know potentially getting worse you know you're you're feeling pretty good at that point and then the penalties started coming back in you had a, a really um dre greenlaw had a a bad bad very very bad no good game and I, I think it's fair to say the entire linebacking crew did you know you talk about the niners front seven that obviously starts up front with the d-line but you know for anybody who is watching the games, you know, the 49ers don't have a lot of household name linebackers, but you know, a lot of casual fans can't name three linebackers for any team. And you know, it's, yeah, it's, you know, it's been viewed as a strength of the team, but in this particular case, um, more, more harm than good. Uh, You had the bears, you know, you've got a 10 point lead. They run the ball twice for less than five yards and they decide to run it up the middle again, basically giving up on the drive. You've got four 49ers uh, just gang tackling the guy and Greenlaw comes in and decides he's going to try to go for the ball, but he misses the ball and gets the face mask. Uh, a couple plays later, um, Dante Pettis, who raise your hand if you <laughs> knew that Dante Pettis was going to have a touchdown. Because in this game. of course, because of course, um, broken play Armstead again with, with poor contain. That's something that he's been criticized widely for by Grant Cohn and others. Um, but to be fair, Justin, fields is is pretty slippery um as we saw last year when when the bears played the niners but big long touchdown to pettis and and you just want to scream yeah and that that face mask was especially brutal as you said three or four guys already in on that tackle that was maybe a half second away from being blown dead for forward progress you come in there you keep the drive alive and now after all of this time it's 10 to 7 and you're not feeling quite so good about this game anymore you're starting to realize that these penalties are stacking up. You know, you're, you're having that thought in the back of your mind. Is this another one of those games that the Niners are going to somehow find a way to blow? They dominated the game and they just did not put up points when they needed to. You would have loved to have seen the 49ers go on a drive right after that to answer. Um, but instead they get one, you know, third down conversion to, to Jennings. Um, and then they punt again. And that next drive, here come the penalties again. Um, you know, Mooney Ward with a defensive holding on Pettis. I will submit that I think 
if you are a grown man, it is difficult not to look like you are mugging Dante Pettis on a route because that that guy, I mean, his his issues with strength and conditioning and just the way he plays, he is he is the most finesse wide receiver since AJ Jenkins. Ooh. Just saying. Um, but a penalty on, on him there. And then Al Shayer with another brilliant linebacker, personal foul, um, just gifting gifting yardage um, to a team that, as Nick Bosa said, and, and it was a bit of a shot, but he said you can't give up 15-yard penalties to a team that can't move the ball, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and, you know, again, Shanahan in the, in the postgame is talking about how that was a point of emphasis for them all week because they knew that Fields was going to be running. They knew that he was going to be sliding. And I'm not sure exactly what they coached them or how they coached them, but he said specifically that was a point of emphasis for them was to avoid those late hits, and they got two of them, and just terrible. Really nothing went right for the 49ers after that. You know, Trey Lance had that interception, which was not the most egregious. You know, he was, he was a little late. He stared him down a little bit, but yeah. again, these, these are the kinds of plays that you expect out of Trey Lance. He's a rookie essentially uh, you know starting his first full full season as a starter Um, so those are exactly the kind of throws that you are expecting Trey Lance to make but you're just counting on the fact that the big plays that he makes the drives that he extends with his legs are going to compensate for those yeah and you know so on the next drive you know or or coming off of that interception um, then you've got the Bears who get the benefit of a uh, Javon Kinlaw holding a defensive lineman holding. When yeah. was the last time you saw that? Yeah, that's that's super rare. And, and again, it's just terrible. You know, you never want to blame the officials for a loss. You know, at the end of the day, you have to you have to play better than your opponent. Um, but man, yeah, a defensive lineman who's getting double teamed away from the ball gets called for holding. It's like, wow, that had nothing to do with the play. Didn't affect it at all. And that's when it starts to feel like really almost conspiracy level, like what is going on with the flags in this game? Again, when you consider that the Bears were barely penalized at all, if you don't count Towelgate. And at this point, you know, the Bears take the lead. The 49ers have a turnover on downs and it just it the weather picks up and it just Terrible. starts to yeah you you just the the game completely unravels um and you just know that <laughs> that it's over and then the next thing you know Justin Fields and his Bears teammates are are following Nick Bosa's example from that game against the the, the Washington football team and and they're sliding Slide in the mud celebrating the yeah. and you you're watching as a Niners fan and you Stunned. just know this is going to be the highlight this is going to be the the still picture that goes viral and you just feel sick because now come the Trey Lance Justin Fields comparisons and the narrative uh, that they passed on Justin Fields and he got the best of Lance when really Lance Lance outplayed him in this game. If, he really if, did. If you're looking at the box score, Lance goes 13 of 28 for 164. He does have the one pick. Um, he only took two sacks and he, he ran um, quite a bit. Um, certainly under 50% completion is not great, but I think the last four that I counted or maybe five of those were in in monsoon weather where either they were dropped or, or you're just not yeah the entire passes. field was a puddle at that point on the tv broadcast <laughs> you can't even tell what side of the field they're on they had to digitally impose the yardage marker on the field so that you could even see what was happening you are not going to be able to complete passes in that weather and again that's where you know maybe it was a conservative game plan or playing not to lose or whatever but you know the field actually dried out surprisingly well in that second quarter going into the third quarter and the Niners did not put up points when they needed to. That's the thing in a game like this, when you know it's going to start raining at some point, you better be ahead in that game because once it really starts coming down, nobody's scoring points at that point. Sure. And back to the 
completion percentage analysis. Certainly Lance didn't make it to 50 with those last few throws. Um, do you know who else didn't make it to 50? Yeah. It was Justin Fields, who was 8 of 17 for 120 yards. So for all those Bears players who said he was going to show the Niners, um, good for them that they came out with a win. Uh, but 50 of those 121 yards came on a, a fluke play to uh, that is yeah 16 yards that's that's how close the nearest defender was so if you want to call that blown coverage i'd say that uh, that definitely qualifies there so yeah i mean you take away 50 yards from his total um that's not an impressive stat line 70 yards yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah you know you're seeing a lot of people saying that fields definitely outplayed lance Anybody that's saying that, I, I'm just not sure if you actually watched the game. I'm not sure how you can make that argument. Did Trey Lance play phenomenal? No, and I, I don't think you're going to find many people saying that either. Um, obviously had that ugly interception, really low um, completion percentage, but you know he certainly had his moments. He made some good throws, some big-time throws. I think uh, after week one, he actually is leading the NFL in the big throw percentage category. Yeah, which again, you know, in a game like that, certainly that's that's impressive. Uh, and as far as those who want to draw a conclusion after one week, um, I think if you wait two weeks, you will have a much better idea um, as you see Fields go up against Green Bay um, and Trey Lance get to take on a Seattle team. I think I think then uh, we'll have a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not being overly critical of Fields either. I mean, he's certainly got a ton of potential. And the, the strangest thing about this is that even though he started 10 games last year, a lot of people are saying, well, he needs some time. You know, he's he's got all this potential. Let's see. And so the jury is still out on fields after 10 games last year. And yet everybody already has their minds made up about Trey Lance. It's either, you know, he's the next coming or this guy doesn't have it. They need to put Jimmy in right away. And it's like, there, there's nobody with reasonable takes. I, I get that it's a, you know, it's a hot take and everybody wants to have an opinion on this issue, but you know, come on, let's, let's give the guy a chance. And again, the numbers don't lie. The eye test, you know, doesn't lie. Like Lance absolutely played better than fields did in this game. I think to be fair to fields as well, the Bears did not seem to have any kind of game plan coming no. into this. It was way more conservative, too. I know a lot of angst on 49ers Twitter about a conservative game plan from Kyle Shanahan. But, you know, Fields and a lot of the Bears starters played in preseason, certainly more than, than the 49ers. Um, and, and he played well. And, and you saw a lot of play action and bootleg and get him out of the pocket. And um, because he did not seem to excel as a pocket passer last year, he held the ball um as long as as anyone took a lot a lot of games where he had five six seven sacks that kind of thing um so coming out you were expecting maybe a little bit more of that bootleg play action and they they did not want to risk it i think they knew that the 49ers had a loaded box and if we were going to blitz he was going to end up on his back but because of that it, it was not a creative looking game plan fields did not have a lot of you know wow throws or anything like yeah, that. yeah and, and the the only ones that he did was on broken plays or where the pocket collapsed and he's really, um, you know, shifty. So there is obviously a difference between running quarterbacks and quarterbacks that um, can escape pressure in the pocket. Those those two things are are not the same thing. And I think everyone assumes that if you're a running quarterback, you should be really shifty and elusive in the pocket. And that's where, you know, again, we just haven't seen that from Trey Lance yet. It's not to say that we won't, but you know, we certainly have seen that from Fields. Um, 
certainly some good good pocket awareness from Lance in this game, uh, but we haven't seen that sort of dynamic Lamar Jackson, you know, Justin Fields, shake and bake, if you will, whatever you want to call it, where, you know, you've got him dead to rights. There's two guys closing in. Somehow he gets out of it and makes a throw. We just haven't haven't seen that yet out of Lance. So on this podcast, we will not be making sweeping conclusions about Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. We'll we'll leave that to the national media and and <laughs> and Bears fans, I guess. I don't know. But as as you said, Mike, just coming out of this game, so so little to really take away because of the weather, because of the disparity in penalties and how it affected game flow when the penalties were called and things like that. Um, just an ugly loss overall for the 49ers and and extremely tedious knowing that you're going to hear about it in the national media from the guys on first take or from Colin Cowherd, um, who who loves to talk about Trey Lance and <laughs> and his readiness. Uh, you know, just just very frustrating as a Niners fan. And you know, there there were some interesting questions that kind of. Um, got swept under the rug or just ignored uh, because everyone was so so caught up in it you know new offensive line you know three new starters and overall I thought <laughs> amazingly the guys in the interior seemed to hold up better than the tackles McGlinchey looked slow or injured to me and even Trent definitely had, whiffed on a few plays yeah, for Trent sure Williams had a couple misses too which you don't ever really expect um, but I thought they played fine I don't think I don't think they lost because they got bullied in the trenches by any stretch. Yeah, I think, you know, fine to good maybe would be would be a fair way to describe it. Um, you know, certainly you worry about chemistry on the offensive line when literally the entire interior is new guys and you've got McGlinchey coming back from a very serious injury. So, you know, Banks is starting at left guard. Uh, Banks was not able to earn his way on the field at any point last year, which I think was definitely a disappointment and a surprise. But he appears to be the guy going forward, and you know he he honestly wasn't bad. Uh, I think Spencer Burford it looked really good at times too. Um, you know, passing the eye test again. You have to take everything with a grain of salt in a weather game like this. But you know, certainly not as bad as it could have been with all of that uncertainty around the offensive line, and and definitely potential there. You know, you miss Elijah Mitchell too, getting hurt in this game again. So much talk about could he stay healthy? And unfortunately, you know, he got six carries and then was out of the game. Jeff Wilson had nine and averaged 2.4 yards per carry. Yeah, and that's so rough. Mitchell was averaging almost seven yards per carry before he got hurt. It's just shades of Raheem Mostert carrying the ball once or twice. And, you know, the first game of the season, man, it's just brutal. I know that Shanahan likes his running back by committee. And there's this um, perception that that Shanahan can turn anybody into a thousand yard rusher. So yes and no. Um, I think it does take a, a specific kind of runner, as we've seen. Raheem Mostert is definitely the uh, the prototypical type of back that you're looking for in that system. But the Niners have not had a thousand yard rusher in a season in a very mm-hmm. very long time, and it's just been an absolute turntable in that running back room whether it's because of you know poor draft choices or injuries or what have you but man it's been a struggle to, to have consistency at that position and two months they're talking about for a recovery yeah. for elijah mitchell just brutal um just incredibly frustrating but again you know o-line seemed to do okay um you know just just not not much else to say jeff wilson's long um in nine attempts was five yards you know just just difficult to, yeah, to get and, anything and, you going know, he's a veteran he he's a, a good receiver um you know we're, we're we're fans of jeff wilson here certainly we we love it when he goes to his dark place but yes. uh 
you know, just not a not a great game. And again, it, we said this before, it's really tough sledding when you've got those field conditions and you're just trying to run up the gut when they know it's coming. There's not going to be really anybody who's having really productive runs at that point. It would have been easier to to try to get to the edge too if you had your all pro um, <laughs> tight, tight end blocking. Yeah, who, absolutely. Who, you, you definitely miss Kittle in a game like this. And Kittle has not missed as many games as I thought when I went back and looked at it. Um, but when he does, you feel it, and it seems like uh, this would have been a, a game where it would have really helped to have a a run blocking specialist at tight end. And that's that's the hard thing with Kittle too. He's one of those guys. He's an absolute warrior, and if there's any way he can make it on the field, he gets on the field. The problem with that is sometimes we've seen this before. Um, you know, he's battling through an injury. He he toughs it out, and then he re-injures it or makes it worse and misses extended time. Certainly with the field conditions, um, that was absolutely a right call. I don't know the status of his groin, obviously. I don't think many people do exactly know that status, but that's not a, the kind of game where you want to mess around and, and have a tear or some kind of injury that's going to keep him out for really significant time. And I don't want to say the Niners took this game for granted, but but you don't come into this expect. It's not the Chiefs. It's not the Rams. You weren't expecting uh, for George Kittle to make or break the outcome. You come in really confident in your defense and, and things like that, and, and it just didn't work out. Speaking out uh, speaking about the defense, uh, Hufunga looked amazing. He yeah. shades of Cam Chancellor just uh, – a strong safety who seemed to have more tackles at or behind the line of scrimmage than, than our linebackers. Yeah. And the knock on him, like a lot of people were saying, he's just too slow. He's never going to make it. And, you know, obviously speed is important on both sides of the ball. You know, Shanahan speed is, is really everything. That being said, you know, when you look at his instincts, his tackling ability, um, he really compensates for that was just flying all over the field was always in the right place making the big plays when we needed them, whether it was tackles at the second level, obviously that interception you referenced, but just a, a really, really great football player, a really great find for this team. It'll be exciting to see when Jimmy Ward comes back to Gibson didn't play horribly, but a, a bit of a missed opportunity on, on a, a would be interception that seemed to go right through his hands. So overall, Difficult to really evaluate the team. I, I think the the defensive line in the front seven looks as advertised. Um, the Bears did not get much going, but again, you don't want to draw too many conclusions. They were playing in the same weather too, um, but just a frustrating way to start your season. You know, you've got a lot of games against playoff teams later in the year. Tough to take a loss, even though it is on the road and, and in weather. Tough to take a loss to start your year, but um, time to to get healthy against Seattle next. Yeah, year. absolutely. And you know, I think looking at the at the schedule and the calendar, a lot of fans, a lot of analysts are looking at Chicago and Seattle and saying, okay, well, the Niners are starting 2-0. and And unfortunately, that has already not been the case as, as we dropped the first game to the Bears. Um, you know, Seattle, wow, like what a what a shocker that was in week one, uh, taking it to Russ, Danger Russ. Um, you know, the, wow, it's just stunning, right? I think we always assumed that <laughs> that Russ had some kind of uh, devil magic or something that enabled him to to win time after time in these improbable situations wasn't he you know even the hail mary with the replacement refs against yeah the, the packers yeah and and we assumed it was rust but he's gone and, and seattle seems to still have that mojo so maybe it's the fans maybe it's the stadium we don't know yeah and again it's week one guys so you know there's going to be overreactions for every single team i think certainly there's there's reason to be concerned there um, you know, losing to Seattle, who <laughs> had Drew Locke or Geno Smith as their quarterback options. Obviously, uh, you know, that's got to be disappointing for Russ. Poor guy. Quick question. Are you more concerned about Russell Wilson after game one or the the Broncos new um, and 
and and not sweaty like Tom Sula, but but he should be sweating a little bit. At least you know his seat's probably feeling a little bit warm after all the the criticism online. Their new coach. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a tough one. Again, just a stunner that that they were able to to hold off the Broncos in that game. Um, but Geno Smith, you know, to his credit, looked really good. Uh, you know, he's not gonna gonna light up the stat sheet too often but uh you know he was 23 of 28 for 195 yards and two touchdowns and you know most importantly is you come out with a w at the end of that game so you know i think if if we were yeah yeah wow (laughs) so you know if you were taking that game against the seahawks for granted maybe maybe we pause and, and think about that i think the one really nice thing is that it is a home game for Trey Lance. I think going into Seattle, into that environment where you're going to have to, again, you know, he's just had such limited reps going into such a hostile environment where it completely alters the way that you have to to snap the ball and, and everything. I think that would be a pretty rough way to, to, to rebound from this 19 to 10 loss. So hopefully he can come home, you know, be more comfortable, uh, you know, hopefully the rain won't be as much of a factor and, you know, we'll kind of just go from there and hopefully come out with a win. Indeed. Oh, and one to start your, your 49ers cries already coming for Jimmy Garoppolo. We're not going to overreact on this podcast. We are here to throw cold water on hot takes and uh, we will see you next week. Uh, be sure to like, and subscribe. We are the Niners bros. <laughs>